You're listening to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a lifestyle podcast for the modern mystic woman, where we explore topics on spirituality, female empowerment, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nixie Marie, and I will be here with you every Tuesday to sit together and rise, feel the energy of the sacred feminine, and explore what it means to be a goddess. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, sisters. Welcome back to another episode of I Am Goddess Collective podcast. I'm very excited to bring to you a warrior that we have on the show this this week, and his name is Danny Blue, which which is an awesome name for actually what I'm just realizing the movement and the mission that you stand behind. To me, blue reminds me of the planet, and so we're going to mm-hmm. talk a lot about the planet today. So welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think maybe Danny Green would, would have been the only more fitting name for, for what it is I'm, I'm birthing. But yeah, Danny Blue, <laughs> Danny Blue does the trick. <laughs> it does. It does. It, it rings nicely to um, what we're going to discuss today. And um, so I want for you to introduce yourself and really share with our audience here what you're here for and why you are actually here on the planet because it feels like this is a much bigger mission just than just why you're here currently sitting on the show <laughs> yeah um well thank you again so much uh you know as we kind of briefly touched on um while we were talking before the show um i'm just i'm really feeling super grateful and super honored to be included in your tribe um you know such a blessing what you're birthing and what you're creating with uh, with the space so um, I'm just uh, super grateful for you bringing me on here. And uh, yeah, so a little bit about myself. Um, I am, well, without getting too much into my, like, my own personal bio, but I mean, I'm originally from the South. I've been out in LA now for about 15 years. Um, I am a father to three and a half year old twins. And I throw that into the mix because I imagine that a lot of uh, your listeners and, and the, this, the tribe in general are interested in, in learning about new things and, and hearing about what we're talking about and also are navigating life. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's navigating these things that we're trying to create and do and, you know, find our purpose. And, um, and it's not always just this very specific linear thing of just inspiration and, and motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the work as, uh, as I'm navigating, you know, all these other things. So um, with that said, the project that has really become my passion purpose project over the past few years is um, my entity called Solstice. Um, the Solstice Earth Collective is an initiative that I started a few years ago to really address the situation that's happening with the rainforests of the world right now. And, you know, there's a, there's a massive uh, problem where deforestation in these tropical ecosystems is happening at such a significant rate that most people don't realize the impact that it's it's having on our planet and how it's directly related to us. Mm. So this initiative that I started is, um, is a conscious lifestyle brand that for every item we sell, we actually are able to help protect an entire acre of endangered rainforest 
uh, through an organization that we're supporting called Rainforest Trust. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's a massive, it's a massive vision. You know, I've set this like, I've set this goal for myself of protecting a million acres of endangered rainforest over the course of the next five years. And the, the scope and the scale of that is so beyond anything that I've ever really taken on. And I've, and you know, through some other things that we can kind of drop in and, and digest a little bit throughout this, you know, it's, it's really something that's been called in through a lot of the work that I've been doing over the past few years. And um, yeah, this is, this is why I'm here. Oh, beautiful. You know, it's, I'm just sitting here with such gratitude because of the ability and the gift to be able to talk to a man and how it's interesting because my whole weekend was spent with my beloved and also one of our really good friends. And we were just having this discussion about the masculine and how it's so important for you to share your stories and really stand up and become an empowered leader yourself. And so I'm just sitting here going, wow, I'm so blessed to be surrounded by this, these, this type of man who's so committed to spiritual you know, practices or just committed to the planet and listening and tuning in and you know, embodying their own feminine energy. So I'm, it's all synchronistic. I find that every time I hop on the show on Monday, it's like, okay, what happened this weekend? Or, you know, what, how did everything become this big synchronistic conversation around what I was discussing in my personal life and now, you know, on the show. And so when you're sharing all this medicine with, with us right now and what you're going to share in your process and your journey, I do just want to acknowledge you for, for hearing this call and being a man and, you know, being an example for, I think, our millennial men right now, because I really feel like what these entities that we're all creating is just something, something else that's coming over us to really help support and be guides to the future of our evolution as humans. You know, it's like take spirituality out of it. And let's just be real with our humanity and what's, what is really the call to action right now. And, you know, this rainforest, like saving the planet and all of that is really what, you know, everybody knows here on, on the show that I really want to get behind. So, you know, I want to ask you what, what empowered you or what inspired you to really start this mission? Did you have like a life changing story or what, what it, why did you even think to start this? Yeah, that's, um, it's an interesting question because yeah, I mean, I was for, for the majority of the time that I was out in LA since I got out here, I mean, the, the first at least eight to maybe 10 years now, may, maybe about, about six or seven years of the first, you know, segment of my time out in LA was really just spent like, you know, doing, doing doing stuff you do when you're in your 20s and especially coming from Atlanta out to LA and then mm -hmm. you know staying on a friend's couch in Santa Monica so I was just like happy to just have my freedom and to live in a space that was like open and liberal and you know I could just mm -hmm. be who I was so um, I really just spent that first part of my time out here just um, just kind of searching and and playing and figuring and finding myself out and you know from there I kind of moved into corporate America and I got a job and um, I actually was working for uh, Verizon Wireless as a business account executive and you know throughout like over the course of a year I worked myself into a place where I was literally I was living in Venice 
in a, like a bachelor pad kind of situation, a block from the beach with mm-hmm. a pool and just able to walk everywhere that I wanted to go. I, I was making, you know, a healthy six figures and I got to a point in the job where I didn't really have to do much. Mm. Like it was literally like a, the, the type of situation that most people would be like, why would you walk away from this? Like you were making enough money to like, like have a savings account mm-hmm. and a 401k and still do all the stuff you want. And you're not even really having to do much. And no, with that, like having this ideal circumstance, but knowing like I just deep inside something didn't feel right. Like I just was not fulfilled. And as kind of cliche as it kind of sounds and, you know, people go through these, like I got to experience that Mm -hmm. to really experience like there's something missing. And I honestly, I didn't know what it was at that point. I mean, I didn't have any connection to wanting to do something important for the planet um, or, or even do something impactful. I just knew that I wasn't, I wasn't happy and I wasn't fulfilled with this job. And again, recognizing that everything else was working for me and I still was willing to walk away told me that there was something else I needed to go pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right around that point that I, I began my, my journey with um, working with some you know, traditional plant medicines, mm-hmm. um, connecting into the spirit of you know, what, a lot of, what a lot of those medicines can provide in an awakening, in a clarity, in a, in, a, in a clearing of your vision to really see and feel into, you know, why are we here? That was probably my, my introduction into the space of really getting a deep-rooted understanding and, and clarity around my connection to nature. And I've always had that. You know, I, I remember a story when I was eight years old, my parents, um, my parents separated and I was actually born in North Carolina mm-hmm. and uh, my parents separated. My mom took myself and my sister to Atlanta. Uh, my dad stayed uh, back in North Carolina to build his, his career. And I remember when we got out to Atlanta, I was, um, I felt okay. I didn't feel like it was something that like really that that had affected me that much, but deep down it did because every time I tried to go have a sleepover at a friend's house, I would always get homesick Mm -hmm. and I would always have to call my mom to come pick me up. And uh, I would try so hard. It was like, this is going to be the night that I actually like sleep. And my friend would already be asleep and it'd be like midnight. And I just, my mind would be racing. And I'd ultimately like, you know, I'd have to go wake up their parents and have them call my mom to pick me up. And that went on for about a year. And I remember um, about literally a year after we moved, there was this uh, month-long summer camp that was in the North Georgia mountains. And I don't know what my mom was thinking or me for being open to it um, because like I hadn't even slept away from home one night. And now here I was being signed up for a month away in the North Georgia mountains. And, um, but long story short, you know, uh, my mom kind of knew it was the right thing to do. I, for some reason, was down. And literally, like, the story that she remembers the most is me getting off the bus afterwards, you know, running up to her and screaming, like, you know, next year I want to go both sessions. I want to go for the whole summer. And so that – I remember that being a very powerful, like, the first time that something about being deep in nature shifted – like a powerful connection for me in what that could provide in my sense of security, safety, 
um, and, you know, just connection, you know, to the tribe around the fire. I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was so, so deeply rooted in a lot of this work that, you know, a lot of us have the, the opportunity to do now as adults, you know, around the fire and exploring our connection to the earth. So, um, so that was kind of a side sidebar, but, um, throughout, you know, the next few years of exploring my connection with plant medicine and, uh, having watched some documentaries that I'm sure a lot of, you know, your viewers have seen like Cowspiracy, Forks Over Knives, like a lot of the ones that really talked about the impact of not only the animal, the animal agriculture industry and what it's doing to the planet, but like specifically in the rainforest, mm -hmm. like how, how much that's affecting our potential to have a future at all. And I, so I started becoming personally invested in this cause, the, the organization Rainforest Trust that we now support as through my business. I started supporting them on a personal level. You know, I was a, a monthly donor, like a $25 monthly donation. Um, and I really just started diving into the work that they were doing and really just exploring like what, you know, all the nuances of like what's going on and why it's so important. And the aha moment kind of came to me and this is probably the biggest question I get because people are like, how are you able to save a whole acre? Like an entire acre of rainforest can really be protected through the sale of, you know, we'll talk more about the bracelet, but the bracelet has kind of taken on the, the, um, the entity of the vessel for this, you know, 20, 25, $30 bracelet um, can help protect an entire acre. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. And it was, um, <laughs> it was really through my, my, you know, uh, connection to seeing how little it costs to, to purchase an, an acre of endangered rainforest in some of these areas. And that was when the light bulb went off and it was like, this can be, I can, I can create a vessel that can take what I'm doing on a personal level and the impact like can significantly be multiplied thousand times over million times over through creating something that can embody the spirit of that and champion it in the same way that, you know, brands like Tom's shoes have created these one for one models. And when the idea of like buy one, save an acre kind of rang, rang true, it was like, I guess the only thing I didn't really plan for was how unbelievable it really sounded. You know, that's, that'll probably <laughs> be the biggest yeah. challenge as I continue to move forward with this is like really explaining that and how, and, and, and making that believable. Cause there's going to be a lot of people that like, you know, don't understand it and probably even when it's explained you know maybe still don't even believe it but um that was really the the, the journey to get to like the beginning of the process so in the be in the beginning stages you said you started this a few years ago yeah yep so what did you start with did you just kind of start with a website and a, and a mission statement or how did yeah. that look? Because I, I love the beginning stages of things. Yeah. I think it's like such a juicy oh. part of the story. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so interesting. And you know, it's so funny because I feel like this is such an integral part of the story too. Because mm -hmm. like, again, just going back to like, all of us are out here just searching for our purpose and creating and, you know, getting sometimes caught up in the minutia of like, are we doing the right thing? And is it, is it happening in the right amount of time? And mm. so, you know, for me, when I first started, the only thing I knew was that I wanted to create something that could carry this mission 
of saving a million acres within five years. And I wasn't sure what the product was, but I knew what I wanted the mission to be. And so it was at that time, I was, um, I don't remember how the idea came to me, but I actually uh, conceived of an idea of this wrist compression sleeve for the yoga community. And the idea came to me recognizing that, you know, I would, my wrists would get sore when I would do yoga a lot. And I, mm. and I realized that the wrists are some of the most um, injured body parts in, do, in doing yoga. And on the market, there were wrist compression sleeves that existed, which is basically just like a, a wristband made out of yoga pants material that's just tight enough to constrict the wrist to increase the blood circulation to it to really help prevent injury and, you know, um, alleviate a lot of the issues that people have with, um, with putting weight on the wrist. But the only thing that was out there were just, you know, basic, you know, black, white, whatever, like not really designed out um, uh, wrist sleeves. So the idea came to me, it was like, well, there's like a million yoga brands, yoga pants brands, and everybody's got these amazing designs. Mm -hmm. And, um, but there's not something that like really speaks to that, the aesthetic part of it with, with a wrist compression sleeve. So mm -hmm. I really thought like, wow, this could be something interesting that could really um, create like a new, a new product within a specific niche that I'm connected with. And uh, so that's where it started. Right. So that was the product that was going to be the product that was going to carry the mission. And um, I, I want to make sure to really be clear and, and concise with this story, because I can really get caught up in like the years of all the different stories that came up along the way. And I know we don't have that much time, but <laughs> but what uh, what the long and short of what happened was, you know, I, I created the product. I launched it. We had, you know, some some fairly good success. I, I, uh, I connected and collaborated with some of the yoga subscription boxes. And um, as a matter of fact, there's another one coming up that we're, um, we're still um, working with uh, to get some of our existing inventory through. Um, but uh, what ended up coming up for me was that I was so focused on the product, right? I literally, like all of my energy for this entire project was going into the sleeve. And like, is it going to fit perfect? And is, are the designs perfect? And the idea was there was a little positive mantra on the inside of the sleeve. So you could kind of flip it out for like some positive inspiration. And I was so energetically consumed by the idea that people would love the product itself and it would like change the game of like, you know, new products. And what ended up happening was it became a product that happened to support this mission of saving an acre of rainforest. And I had this like really profound awakening one day where I was like, I'm not telling the story at all about the rainforest. I'm not talking about why it's important. I'm just saying buy one, save an acre as if every single person out there in the community knows why it's important. Like just almost like, oh, well, if they're in the soul tribe, if they're in the, you know, the community, you know, they know. And it was this really powerful like reflection on like, I'm doing this backwards. You know, mm. this needs to be a platform of really telling the story of why it's so important that we're doing the work that we're doing in the rainforest, how it applies and affects each and every single one of us and how, you know, we get 20% of our oxygen and 20% of our fresh water and half of the known species on earth live in the rainforest, yet we're destroying it at a rate that it's gonna be gone in just over a hundred years. And it's like, the, the statistics are so powerful that it's like, 
why, why am I not talking about that? Why is that not the, the, you know, the, the, the forefront with the product being the vessel to support it? And when I had that reflection, I, I think I was, I think I had maybe just gone through another ceremony with, uh, with some ayahuasca and, and was able to really reflect into what that looked like. And that's when the concept of the bracelet was born and the bracelet, which, you know, you talk a little bit more about, but this has really taken on the role of being the, the true vessel for this mm -hmm. cause and this mission. The bracelet itself tells the story of what we're doing. It, it has a more direct connection right. to what we're doing. Right. And, um, so, you know, one last like reflection on how I got up until this point in the three years or so that it's been, you know, the first, uh, I, I got approved to be a vendor at, at one of the big music festivals. Um, it was, I think it was Symbiosis. Mm -hmm. um, it was the one before the um, uh, Oregon Eclipse. And, you know, it's like a lightning in a bottle. It's totally our, you know, it's totally our vibe. It's totally our scene, you know, and I was just so pumped on the fact that, you know, here I am right out of the gates, like we're going to vend. And so I started creating some apparel to go with the brand. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that I was allowing, so the, 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 the sleeve itself for the yoga community then dictated the, the energy of the apparel that kind of followed suit. And so now all of a sudden I kind of had this very like a yoga brand, essentially, a yoga brand that was doing some environmental work. Um, and we go to this, uh, we go to symbiosis. It was my wife at the time and I, uh, I, and our, our, I think they were like one or one and a half year old twins at the time. Wow. It was insane. I mean, I was like, well, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, it was the most confronting, challenging, overwhelming. And I, by the end of it, I luckily had the, the foresight or the, the, the energetic connection to a lot of the work I'd been doing at that point to, to recognize that the universe was putting this in my space to really ask me, are you, are you ready to like, are you here to, are you committed? Mm -hmm. Right. How committed are you to bringing this entity to life? Because it was not, it was by, by financially, it was not a success. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know exactly what you mean. I started vending in the festival culture myself and it's such an eye opening experience and yeah. uh, to really see in multiple facets. I think there's, there's some that really commit to it in a beautiful way. But for me, I recognize it wasn't for me. And on a monetary financial level as well, it was like just, you know, a, a really hard thing to look at because it's, it looks really fancy from the outside in, you know. Yeah. Oh, wow, everybody's got these amazing products and they're vending and this and that. And then you start talking to them and it's like there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of... Um, just challenge within that and setting up a booth and bringing all that to to the table is really really challenging so i 100 percent hear you and feel you on that level um it's definitely an experience though that's required you know like you said to put you back on that on that commitment yeah and i think that you know that's the beauty in all of this stuff is like where are these things coming up in our life that are really challenging us to the point of like considering throwing in the towel and <laughs> yeah. how are we giving ourselves the opportunity to look at it as a reflection for what are we committed to, you know, because success is not linear, you know, and in my opinion, success is not even defined by results. And that's like a kind of a crazy thing to mm -hmm. say, but like, that's really good. Say that again. 
I was, I was, I was really, I was reflecting that success is not linear. And, and honestly, I don't even believe that it's defined by results. I believe that it's defined by momentum. Right. And, you know, um, (laughs) if there's any, if there's any investors listening, they're probably like, all right, I'll pass on this one. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're all about results. But I mean, here's the thing. It's like, truly like you're either successful in growth or you're successful in learning. You know, there is no failure. And, you know, it, to me, it's like, it's the momentum that I've found to be the most directly responsible for what success means to me. When I know that I'm moving forward and I may not be getting the results specifically that I want, you know, you get to shift and create new intentions and set new goals, but they're not, it's not always going to happen and unfold in the exact way that you think. So as long as you're continuing to like move towards that, um, that's success to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, anyway, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long, interesting journey of the past few years of, of allowing this, this entity to, to open and evolve into what it is now. And, um, yeah, so the space that it's in now, I'm just, I'm so just laser, like dropped in connected to this is what's going to allow this mission to be birthed into the next phase. And I'm, keeping the lessons I've learned from the past phase and not attaching myself to that. Because again, you know, there may be some new shifts that come up, you know, as, as this continues to unfold. I believe so. I believe that an entrepreneurship, starting a business, whether it's product-based, service-based, whatever it is, is, is one of the most intense journeys that we can walk because it involves taking a look at yourself over and over and over again challenges that will come up that you never even imagined possible. You know, it's just like this constant evolution of our own self and the entity that wants to be created through us. And so such an inspirational story that you have brought into this space. And there's, there's so much medicine that you're sharing through this, this mission that you're creating. So what uh, I want you to actually share some some of the rainforest, you know, t- the things that you've found and discovered of why it's so important for us yeah. to you know pay attention and why it's what some statistics, some facts. Like I really love bringing in that grounded information for the listeners and audience because as much as we're all goddesses here and we probably worship nature and play underneath the moon and all of that good stuff, you know what I've come to realize is that even recycling, like that's not enough anymore. You know, there's so many things that are happening on the planet where it's just like, we either take action or it's, it's going down the hill real, like a lot faster than I think we recognize. And it might look pretty and fine, like in front of us, but the, the real, the reality is mother earth is definitely in a healing process and how, like, how can we support her? And what have you found and just, anything that could could really benefit audience here as well as just myself too i'm super eager to know like what you found yeah i would love to um one of the things i just i just came popped in my head real quick that i wanted to preface and maybe this is something that you can include in the show notes but um so rainforest trust is the organization that we support specifically um through this work um and so that's a really good resource to go to like really get like just dropping into their website and 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 touring around for a little bit will open up so much Mm -hmm. um 
And there's an yeah, organization. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And then Pachamama Alliance as well is another organization that I've connected with to, um, to help, you know, facilitate and um, co-create this project. They've, they've been amazing and um, giving, allowing some resources for creating this video that we created. And um, they actually have, um, they have some free workshops, online workshops, Game Changer Initiative. Um, they have a lot of amazing resources where that, that would be one of the main places I would also recommend people go drop in and um, sign up for some of those online courses. It, like all the stuff will like light will be shown on the statistics and the things that can be done um, in an amazing way through that resource. Um, but with that being said, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think the big kind of the big main bullet points that people hear or talk about the most is, um, you know, just we 20% of our oxygen comes from the rainforest, right? And just that alone, if you think and about that's it, just from the rainforest alone, not like just from the rainforest. The yeah. Rainforest. Okay. Um, yeah. And so 20%, I mean that, so, and, and, and the statistic right now is that at the current rate of, rate of deforestation, um, you know, scientists are saying it could be completely wiped out within about 120 years. That's a fifth of our oxygen. You know, I mean, that's, that's not uncomparable, incomparable. That's significant. Mm -hmm. And it's not only just the oxygen, right? I mean, the, what, the way that trees work is, I'm sure a lot of people are aware, but they're not just producing the oxygen for us to breathe. They're, they're storing the carbon. So it's kind of like a double whammy, like when, a, when an acre of rainforest is, is not down for whatever the reason is. Um, and I'll talk about a lot of the reasons that that's happening as well. But, you know, not only are we losing like our oxygen supply, but all of the carbon that was being stored by those trees is being released into the atmosphere. So it's like, it's, it's so important. Like it's, it's literally one of recently they, they did a lot of studies on the various different, um, things that are impacting climate change and all this. And, the preservation of tropical ecosystems like rainforests has been shown to literally be one of the most efficient tools in the fight against climate change, specifically because of that. Mm. You know, I mean, our ability to protect these ecosystems that have evolved for millions of years to do what they do is, is hands down the most beneficial way to to help ourselves i mean obviously there's a lot of people doing really amazing work with them um, reforestation right replanting trees in a lot of areas that um have been compromised and that work is so vital it's so necessary um you know the only limitation to that is that it, it's going to take a few hundred years for those mm -hmm. ecosystems to really you know grow into um into the these these optimized machines for creating um, the life-sustaining uh, environment that these rainforests have already, they're, they're there. You know, they've evolved specific. And, and the interesting thing is, it's not even just about the trees. If you think about what an ecosystem is, it involves all of the animals and the plants and, you know, the unique nuances of the seed dispersal through the insects and the plant and the animals within that. So it's like, it's not just about trees growing and then it turns it back on. You know, everything is part of a cohesive whole. And mm -hmm. all of these entities, all of these organisms are, 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 um, are living, are, are cohabitating and co-creating this environment to make it 
as optimal as it is. So, you know, that's a big piece of it to me is like really recognizing the rainforest is not just a bunch of trees producing oxygen and holding carbon. I mean, it is a living, breathing organism with mm. all of the, um, all of the, the living creatures that, that are included. So, um, anyway, really with that being said, like of Avatar, you know, it's one of my favorite movies, but oh really God, I love it so much, that. you know, it's like, it's really do not, what's do happening. Not trust people that say they don't like Avatar because I don't, <laughs> I like this weird. I'm like, how do you not like Avatar? I've actually like, never met anybody Avatar. that says they don't like Avatar. So. There's so many people though. I, feel like there's, I think it's a really love hate kind of movie for some reason, but like. Yeah, it probably brings up some triggers yeah. for some that maybe don't necessarily aren't as aware or, you know, committed to, or they want to not, they just want to avoid and not look at the yeah. reality of like the parallels in that movie i mean it's yeah. and, the, and the fact that it was written so long it's just like all the prophecies that have been created i think from so many amazing psychics prophets you know all the the books that have come to the surface in our time in our modern society now or that we're even like pulling from from history everything's coming into fruition like you know edgar casey like all those people that were really prophesizing what's to, to come they were not crazy. Like this is what's going on currently. And now we're like, Oh shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. What, what yeah. do we, what do we got to do to, to change this? And at the same time too, I also hear people say that, you know, we don't need to worry so much about doing a lot because nature, no matter what, like she's going to kick us out before we might even have the chance to really restore a lot of what she's you know the pain that she's in which is some hard truths as well you know well, so. yeah and i think that's the biggest challenge that we face right now is like is really the belief it's the belief in the faith because mm. a lot of times it's hard when you look out there and you see you know how effed up the world is and and, and our, our disconnect from um from the earth and the environment and like it's very easy to get overwhelmed to think like it's too late, we're done. Like, and there's a concept within the the climate change community known as drawdown, and it and it has to do with the point in which um, you know the effects of climate change can actually start to to go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this has to do with like, the, there's another concept called ecological overspend, where it basically means like how much of the earth's resources are we using, right? How many earths does it take to support humanity? And obviously it should take less than one. We only have one earth, so it should only, we should be able to live off of whatever resources we have. Right now we're at something like 1.7 meaning we're like way overspending the amount of resources that are available through the planet in order just to sustain ourselves, mm -hmm. right? And the concept of drawdown involves a list of like, there's 30 different ways that we can start to create change in different areas to, um, to reverse the effects of climate change, to, 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 to bring us back down, to like lower it to where we're actually, you know, sustaining ourselves and we're, we're becoming more aligned with, um, what will give us an opportunity to have a healthy and sustainable future. Where, and, can, where can everyone find that, that drawdown you know, list? The concept of drawdown is, is something that's very much connected in um, through the Pachamama Alliance team. Okay. But um, hold on, I'm going to actually type this while we're looking because I think there's even 
Draw, yeah, it's actually just drawdown.org. Project Drawdown is the most comprehensive plan ever proposed to reverse global warming. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend people take a look at that because there's a hundred solutions to reverse global warming. And actually, yeah, that's a wow. really important thing. I think that everybody should check that out. I think the number three thing is the, um, the protection of tropical ecosystems. So that's specifically why I'm doing this work. But like the education of women in, you know, um, in all over the world, in, you know, uh, third world countries and all this, it's crazy because there's, there's very specific, tangible um, connections between how those types of energies and works can actually uh, contribute back into a sustainable future for the planet. Um, another one is food waste. This was such a big aha moment for me where it's like, Looking at food waste, not especially in the U.S., you know, we waste so much food and we go out to eat and it's like, and you think about how many people are starving in the world. And I think it's like really changing our relationship to a lot of these things. I mean, my vision for Solstice is to create a massive amount of impact for the rainforest, but ultimately to create a platform to start telling these stories to everybody right. and making these stories more accessible so that, you know, all of these issues can start being addressed. But the food waste conversation is much more about ordering two entrees and throwing away, you know, an entire one. It's also about how much energy does it take to get our food from where it's being grown into our body, right? And I think that, I think the statistic is something like 10 to one. Don't quote me on that, but it's something crazy where it's like we get, or it takes 10 times more energy to create the food that we consume than we actually receive from consuming it. Meaning, you know, we have to grow it. We have to then transfer, you know, the ingredients to the processing facilities. At that point, they're transferred to the manufacturing facilities where, you know, then they're, you know, uh, packaged and the transportation and the fuel that it requires to get them to the grocery store. And then we have to travel to the grocery store and then all the fuel required for that. So I, I never, I never really connected to that, that, energy around how much how much energy is it costing the the planet just for us to consume a meal and mm -hmm. so again it's just really little shifts in our understanding i think the first step in any of this stuff is awareness right sure. we're not going to change the world in all of these areas overnight mm -hmm. um but awareness is i think the first step and and that's where we can really start to get clear on what some of these things are so then we can start having a, a more measurable approach of how we how how we don't have to feel overwhelmed like we're doomed you know we're doomed because we don't understand the the issues that are affecting it um so anyway i mean that those are just some of the things i know you um you had mentioned the specific statistics i think i got caught up as i usually do getting fired up about all the stuff um, well, you definitely highlighted some some great re resources that we can all educate yeah. ourselves in. And I think that education part of it, that piece of it is is really important and crucial for all of us right now. Because, you know, just like myself, I just learned about this whole recycling, uh, that recycling is almost non-existent right now that because China is sending back most of the shipments. They're not even taking our shipments from recycle from the U.S., as of now so there's but the, the beautiful thing in all this right is that that means that we get to create a so a new solution because what was what was currently op like how we were operating all that 
wasn't working and isn't working anymore. So I always like to look at these, you know, cosmic happenings, like realignments and that there's now going to be people like yourself, like that might hear this podcast and feel really inspired and go, how can I create change? And maybe they know somebody that is really powerful and has the ability to support them in creating solutions, you know? So it's, it was just listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer this morning. He's like my favorite person to listen to sometimes in the morning and kind of get me in tune. And I wrote down what he said and he said, you know, progress is impossible by doing the same thing over and over. We have to change what we're doing in order to prog and order to see progression. So we can't keep doing the same thing. The food waste, the, you know, all the things that we've sort of been programmed to just be consumers and be in this consumerist society, it's got to change. And it starts with us, you know, it starts with the baby steps. That was the other conversation I had over the weekend. I'm like sitting here thinking about how these, how synchronistic this whole conversation we are having right now. Uh, Cause my, one of my friends that was over, she says that every time she sits with either a plant medicine or DMT, she asks the question, you know, what can I do to contribute? How can I make change on this planet? And every time the answer is uh, to start small, to be the example and to, in that it's within our daily routine, our daily lifestyles that we can make such a drastic change. You know, sometimes it's making a movement, a bracelet or a mission or whatever that somebody feels really called to bring, but that wouldn't have happened if it didn't start with yourself, right? Yeah, I so agree. And it's funny as right as you were starting to talk about that, I was thinking the same thing about how consumption is the main, the main conversation that needs to happen here, right? It's just we live in a, 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 a live in a world of overconsumption. Unfortunately, that's like, that's a whale of a topic to address. And that's not something <laughs> right. that's going to change overnight. And so what I realized is like what I'm creating with this bracelet and, you know, what a lot of other companies that are doing like really amazing work and cleaning the oceans and, um, you know, replanting trees. These are all really great stop gaps. And, mm-hmm. and I recognize that's what it is. You know, I'm not, I'm not delusional enough to think that like, you know, what I'm creating here is going to uh, like change the world is it going to create a massive impact that's going to buy us some time to like give, give all of these people opportunities to start telling stories, to have people shift their conversations around consumption so that we can save the world. Yes. That's a hundred percent what I believe. And so like, it's, it's really getting out of the way of feeling like, Oh God, it's such an overwhelming task. We're not going to be able to, to accomplish our mission and allowing this to be the stopgap that the world is asking right now for us to create the rainforest. This is like, it's not, it's, there's billions of acres, right? But like the reason why this is so important is because if we can just put these systems in place and, you know, by the end of this, whatever this looks like, millions of acres have been protected. So those are established and those are like protected through rainforest trust. And that's a whole other conversation of how they work and create these like, you know, ecological reserves that are are protected through the countries and the local communities um, so that they can be ensured to to be there for generations to come. Um, Those are like the stop gaps so then we start talking about what does consumption look like? And like what you were just talking about, 
you know, like reusable straws and, you know, I mean, that's a whole other, you know, U.S. uses hundreds of millions of plastic straws Mm -hmm. every day, Mm -hmm. every day. I mean, that one is like insane to me. And, um, so, I think we're we're on we're near its extinction though. I really feel yeah. like it's well, yeah. it's been so leveled up to the surface where we can all pay attention now and see that it's just not necessary and you know but again it starts with us. Every time I go to the go to out to dinner, out to eat now, I make a conscious decision that I refuse a straw, you know? And if if in case someone at my table doesn't necessarily align to that. I actually collect straws and I'm working on an art project right now to just use it, like resurface it, you know, and to know that that's not going to go in the trash. That's not going to go back out into the ocean or wherever it's going to go. So it does take like us to say, no, I don't stand for this anymore. This isn't, this isn't even necessary. It doesn't make any sense why we need a straw at every single, you know, meal that we have. And, just to think about, I mean, really sit and think about that, how many restaurants are, you know, supporting that. And also some of the changes that they're making to get behind the no straw movement, you know, and use cardboard straws and yeah, okay, they fall apart after like half of your time drinking the the, the whatever beverage. That's part of the fun, you know, it's like spring (laughs) break every time you go out. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, again, just going back to our own choice that we get to make as a, as a collective and know that that choice, it might seem very small, like you said, but it really does have the power to ripple uh, on a massive level. So Yeah. And that's when these conversations start making it up to like, you know, the, the making it up the chain to, to the local city and state um, governments. I mean, I saw something in California where there there was an initiative that was posed because I had thought like, oh my gosh, I'm going to create a um, a uh, petition to have restaurants fined if you like if you go out to a restaurant and they give you a straw without you asking for it. Like, create a petition to have them fined mm-hmm. a certain amount so that they are conscious and aware of it. And you know, I thought I was like all like, oh, this is awesome. Like nobody's ever thought of this. And I kind of looked it up. I'm like, I guess there already is kind of something like that in process and it's moving through the like, you know, the, the lengthy process of doing that. But knowing that those initiatives are already at that level being talked about. Yeah, that's reassuring. So there's right. hope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a balance between doing what we can now and you know, starting to just become more aware of like how we're moving through our daily practices in, in direct relation to, is this in service to the planet? Yeah. Do you know so. of any, any contributors, I guess this is a kind of interesting question, but that people can understand like who, you know, you mentioned a couple documentaries like Cowspiracy, but some of the, the big, you know, corporations that are supporting, are directly impacting the deforestation of the rainforest. You don't have to name them, but like just something that for us to be aware of. Oh, like who, um, I mean, I think that from a more general standpoint, I think the biggest thing to be aware of is the statistics around what industries are Mm -hmm. most directly impacting them, which animal agriculture, hands down the number one. You actually, the, right. one, a really interesting statistic most people probably don't know is that 91% of the 
tropical deforestation, 91% is, is caused by the animal agriculture, animal agriculture industry. And it's not even just in the land that's being cleared to graze cattle. The majority of it is actually in the production of soy. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there when you're like, oh, well, deforestation, a huge part of it is caused by soy production. People are like, oh, well, it's the vegans. You know, we've got to make all that vegan food so that, you know, so it's the vegans' fault. Six percent of the soy that's being produced in the world is actually used for, um, for products that are for human consumption. Six percent of all soybeans. Literally, I think it's about 75% is the number that is used for animal livestock feed. Hmm. So even the, the, the mass majority of the soy and the land that's being cleared to produce this soy is going back again to feed the, all of these animals, these chickens, pigs, cows, fish. Um, and then I think it's something like whatever the difference is, there's, you know, obviously some like vegetable oils and biodiesel types of products that have soy in it. But the mass majority of land that's being cleared for, um, uh, for soy is specifically to go back towards the animal agriculture industry. Another big one is um, palm oil. Most people know mm -hmm. about yeah. the, the devastating effects of palm oil by now. And, you know, the habitats and animals literally like, People need to understand animals are going extinct because of this. There's a whole, there's a whole slew of other reasons aside from just our own vested interests to be able to breathe, you know, and, uh, and, and have our children and future generations live in a world that, you know, is not compromised. But um, all of the animals, literally half of the known species on earth of animals, plants, and insects live in the rainforest. And it's something like over 100 species a day Okay, 100 species a day of plants, animals, and insects are going extinct because of what's happening with deforestation. So, you know, palm oil is a huge, huge factor. So, you know, when you ask the question of who's kind of responsible, I think the, the, the main thing to note is like, how are we, how are we allowing these, these, um, these different, you know, um, how are we in relation to those industries? Mm -hmm. No, are, are, are you vegan? If not, great. Well, are you at least, do you have a relationship with your consumption of meat? Do you, are you aware of the impact that, uh, that, that meat, uh, the consumption of meat has on the planet? And are you open to recognizing how much of an effect you can have on the future of the planet just by limiting your mm -hmm. intake of meat and dairy? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like allowing these baby steps, you know, right. for people that don't necessarily want to like go headfirst into veganism and, you know, um, there are measures and then they think, well, I'm not going to make a difference anyway. So I'm just going to keep eating, you know, bacon with every meal. Um, it's <laughs> like you can make a measurable difference just in limiting Mm -hmm. your meat and dairy intake and then obviously checking labels palm oil you know just avoiding anything with that, that are connected to those industries like overnight will have a massive i think that as if if we can reach a critical mass of people that are aware of those two things and are committed to creating some sort of change within their own lifestyle that um that, that is in direct relation back to those it will be a massive shift like mm -hmm. overnight Absolutely. I really, I believe that, like I said, you know, it starts, it's, it's starting small and 
I don't necessarily want to ever push like going completely, at least in my beliefs, like push going completely vegetarian or vegan, because I think our bodies, we have to listen to what our bodies necessarily need and crave, but that we can also shift that is also really important too. So, yes. you know, the vegan options are incredible today. It, it, we have come so far from just the veganism, even maybe a couple of years ago, you know, I mean, there's vegan cheese that I'm obsessed with. It's like this chive cream cheese that's by, I believe, Kite Hill, and it's amazing. I put it on everything. And oh, she's yeah. just one of those things that is slowly starting to not resonate with my body because it's it's a message, you know? So I think we really have to tune inward and listen yeah. to what our bodies are telling us and recognize that we're all connected in that collective field. So if there's a select few that are taking this stance to really bring this awareness into the planet, and yet we're not listening to our own bodies, like telling us that we're, we're ready to, to evolve. Like we're ready to sync up to something new. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm saying this even to myself as I speak it, because I've had this conversation again over the weekend, like how can I make these changes? So it, it really is in like starting small, maybe you only meet meat, eat meat like once or two times a week, you know, and I just came from Florida for a week and I got, got to see other parts of the world that aren't quite caught up yet. But I know, and I believe in like, that's why I love podcasting because this can reach, you know, people that are in those rural parts and they're going, Oh, like, how can I make this change? And then it'll just ripple effect. You meet a beloved, a partner, a friend, and you go, Oh yeah, I'm only eating this amount of meat. I'm only consuming this. I'm not, I'm not aligned to putting this in my body or whatnot or what have you, you know, it's really just coming back to that, that, uh, commitment. Like you, really have said in, in your life that you are committed to. So it's like, what are we all committed to as a collective uh, yeah. in our evolution? That's powerful. Like what you're doing is so important. Like I really felt that when you said that, and you know, I, I've understood that, you know, podcasting our connection back into, you know, a, a larger demographic, but I'm like visualizing, you know, these conversations that you're having. Yeah. Reaching communities that aren't currently being served by their environment. And um, have you heard of beyond meat, you know, beyond meat? Is it a podcast? No, no, it's a, it's a product. They do a, uh, they have this like really unique process for, um, for their, um, you know, uh, meatless meat product that there's a lot of people, the big people behind it. But I saw recently that they just, and it's actually really good. It's like this beef crumble and it's, it's all plant-based and they have this unique process of extracting the protein so that it actually has the same consistency. And mm -hmm. I saw recently that they just launched in two, del tacos in la um this meatless taco and you know part of me like wanted to be triggered at first i'm like <laughs> like oh what the fuck that's fast food like that's not any better like with, but like i realized like it's changing the conversation mm -hmm. in these environments where we that's where we live you know that's where we need to go we need to go to the places where we live we need to go yes. have the conversations in the areas that we exist and there's no need to be like naive or spiritually bypassed like being human you know it's like great like yes there's a part of me that wants to be like oh vegan fast food like you're still feeding yourself crap but like here's the thing we live in a we live in a world where convenience and um, you know the ability to kind of get food on the fly while we're out there. So I think it's such a huge thing. It's a huge first step in the conversation of allowing these industries to start integrating. And I'm actually really excited about it. Um, but yeah, that's a really it's a 
a dope company beyond me. If um, that's another resource, if anybody hasn't heard about it, they have some really awesome products. I think you can find them at like whole foods and they're growing like all over the place. So yeah, there's um, just, again, so many options. I, I made cauliflower chorizo and I'm obsessed with it. It's like, it's chorizo, but it's just cauliflower. And there's so many things you can make with cauliflower, you know, and it's like, yeah. Well, the, the ability for us to now have these chefs and these the creativity that's coming out of the vegan options. I mean, I, I definitely am not a, an activist and vegan, vegan activist by any means. So I, I definitely, again, don't push it, but I'm just, you know, give it a try. You never know that yeah. your body will start to shift and align and recognize too that like carbs, all of those carbs, um, dairy, all, all of that, it expands our stomach. You know, again, I was just in Florida and I, there's pretty much mostly fried options nearly everywhere. So yeah. my stomach was in such like just despair the whole time because I'm trying to eat, you know, find the balance in where I'm at, but also my stomach got bigger. So then coming home, I'm back to my normal schedule and it's like, I'm still hungry. I'm craving that sugar. I'm craving what I just put in my body. So I think it's really important again, to go back to that, that pay, like what we are putting in our bodies and how it feels and just to try it out. And so, I mean, that's for a whole nother conversation and yeah, I totally. keep going on and on about, um, the environmentalism and how we can change that. But I think, I think we've created some, and you've brought some really amazing resources and tangible tools for everyone out there to listen and to make small yeah. shifts, you know? Um, so I'd love to kind of circle back to your bracelets because, um, as he's going to share with us here, he's got a Kickstarter currently going right now that is to support the launch of the bracelets. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, the Kickstarter, yeah. So we, we created a Kickstarter initiative to launch the bracelet concept being the, like I mentioned earlier, the vessel for this, for this mission, the unique part of the bracelet, just to kind of give you a quick, um, you know, in a nutshell of what the concept is. And, you know, I would love for anybody that's interested to take a look. The Kickstarter is going for three more days. I think Wednesday is the last official day. Um, obviously from there, we'll move it into the next phase of it. But right now, anyone that's able to support um, by the Kickstarter campaign, all of the information on like what the bracelet is and, you know, what it looks like and what it offers, um, you can find a lot more details there. But essentially it's, uh, it's a bracelet made out of all natural coconut shell beads it has a locket that has um, this uh, like a flower of life kind of pattern on the locket itself. Um, within this locket, there's a seed, the Wairuro seed that comes from the Amazon rainforest um, inside the locket. So the idea of the bracelet is that you're really wearing a piece, the heart of the rainforest, the heart of the earth. You're carrying that with you inside this locket as a symbol and, and, and as a reminder that it's our duty to protect the earth every day, every day as you, as you look at it, it's a reminder, what's one thing I can do today to really be in service to protecting the planet? Um, so, uh, so that's kind of the, the concept of the bracelet. The unique additional element that, that I kind of thought would really add a, a really awesome personalized element to it is that every bracelet comes with this uh, plantable seed card. So the, it's like a business card size card that's uh, made out of a compostable paper with wildflower seeds embedded in it. Mm. And the idea is that on the back of the card, you write your own personal vision or a dream or some kind of um, goal that you are calling forth, you're bringing forth. And you write it on the back of this card and then you plant it. 
So as the flowers are growing within, you know, that have been encoded with your own uh, vision on it, the bracelet also serves as a connection back into that. So that's also mm -hmm. your reminder to nurture the flowers, nurture your own dream, you know, just like life, you know, it, it takes constant, uh, consistent care and nurturing of, of our goals and our visions so that every day we're in service to that. So that's kind of the personal connection to the bracelet as well. And obviously, uh, again, the main, uh, the main value of it is that for every bracelet sold, it will fund the protection of an entire acre of endangered rainforest through uh, Rainforest Trust, the organization that we partnered with. Mm. Amazing. So, yeah. I love that. I love that you explained like the intention behind every single piece of the bracelet because I was thinking, you know, okay, what's the purpose of this seed inside the bracelet? And then just the sole fact that it's like this reminder for us when we wear it, that we are a part of the planet. We are one with this, this planet we live on. So what a beautiful reminder. And then the flower of life, it's like, okay, yes, we are all connected. And this is the seed. It's like the seed of life. I feel this energy. It's like the seed of, of us just um, coming back to that, that soul connection of what, like we aren't, we didn't come on this planet to like, we don't own the planet. It's really what I want to say. You know, we didn't come here and, and to own this place. Yeah. You know, what is that quote? I have it written on one of my um, one of my paintings. It says, "Man does not belong to Earth. Earth belongs to man." Yeah, and it's actually very similar to the quote that I've put on some of our materials before, which is, "We do not inherit the Earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children." Meaning, you know, we are we are here to live a life of connection, love, expansion, whatever we're here to do, and when we pass on and, and hand over the earth to our children, what does that look like? Mm. You know, so yeah. we are, we, we need to be in direct relation to how, what are we doing today that will be in service to giving our children a better life and a better connection and the ability to explore all these amazing, beautiful places on the planet that mm. we take for granted. Um, are you familiar with the seventh generation principle? I'm not sure. No, I don't think. I did a podcast on it solely. It's, it's basically, it's a native philosophy where we as our responsibility and our role here is to not only recognize that we are healing the seven generations behind us of our ancestors, but we're also here to create and to think about the seventh generations that are, I'm sorry, in front of us reverse that <laughs> the seventh generations we're healing from uh, before our time. And now we're here to create the planet and what we're here to, you know, just as far as healing goes, we get to shift all of that from our, from our past ancestors for our future seven generations. So it's very much like what you just said, you know, thinking about our children and then our children's children's and then, you know, the seven generations from there that, we get to think about that in every move we make. So it takes this selfish, like a negative selfish energy out of everything being from this consumerist perspective about me, the I, like we're all connected and we have to think about those things. And consumerism doesn't think about that. It thinks about, I want it now, instant gratification. You know, we're in this society that, that actually in the millennial generation, we have been gifted 
and also burdened with this instant thing. Like I can get an Uber in a minute. I can go order food in a minute. I can go do, you know, whatever, all these things that are instant, but we have to recognize that even when you start a business, like everything takes time. The, the nature, let's go back to the planet. She has her cycles for a reason, right? You know, it's like, we've kind of lost that a little bit. And I definitely really feel strongly that that's what this divine feminine rising movement is, is to be reminded that we have these cycles. Like let's go back to the earth and put our feet on the ground and just be in this cycle that we're in. Sometimes we're in the cycle of pushing forward and sometimes we're in the cycle of being still. And sometimes we're in the cycle of, you know, destruction and, yeah. and pain and depression. So, I, yeah, I'm so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pulling my phone out because I wanted to show you. Um, and I know most people probably just listen to this. They won't <laughs> see this anyway, but <laughs> my, my screensaver, um, on my phone says nature does not hurry yet. Everything is accomplished. Right. So like literally That's my ultimate favorite quote, I get that right? on my tea bags from Yogi tea all the time. And that has been the so biggest medicine that we can we, all, we're like, like we're so divinely aligned <laughs> no. conversation you're well, also sagittarius and i am too when's your birthday mine's the eighth i'm the 18th oh yeah yeah nice so cool. love it fire sign baby yep. <laughs> gotta bring that fire into this planet it's such a beautiful gift to yeah be a fire sign i think i mean i love i love the action fire like things that I bring to the world, but also the ability to connect with other amazing yeah. minded souls that are, you know, taking action. Like I said, from the very beginning, I, I, you can all see now why sisters and audience, everybody here and listeners that I really, really believe in this project. I really believe in his mission and how mm -hmm. he has presented this gift and the ability to bring something that's like, like you said, this vessel that supports the mission. Yeah. It's bigger than you, you know, it's not just about you. It's like this overall expansive thing that can, again, go back to setting things up for our children and our children's children. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. I mean, like I said, I really just appreciate the gift of making this available. And um, something that literally just popped in my head, there was a quote from Albert Einstein that I used to like really connect to, but I haven't thought about it in a while because it was when I was going through my own creative process is that... Let me see if I can remember the exact thing. It's something like the secret to creativity is hiding your sources, something to that nature. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of it, and the reason I'm even bringing it up is again, as a reflection to like anybody that's doing something or like is, is, is working on a project or is considering putting themselves out there to birth something in the creative process. We get so caught up a lot of times in like thinking this has already been done. Somebody's done this before. Is this going to be unique enough? And, you know, ultimately it always comes back to each and every one of us is unique in so much of a significant way that there's not a single person out there like us. So no matter what you're doing, no matter like how similar of a thing, again, with the, based on his quote, it's like everything's been done. It's not about, and creativity is not about doing something new. Mm -hmm. It's about doing something unique in your own way. Right. And it's like hiding your sources again. It's like where, what inspired you to do this, but then you are putting your own spin on it and birthing it. So 
I just thought of it right now because I know a lot of people, myself included, at the beginning of my process, get caught up in like, well, is this going to, are people going to resonate with it? Will they compare me to this? Will they say I'm copying that? Mm -hmm. You know, and again, it's like, just allow yourself to be in the flow of creativity that is unique to yourself and recognize that not a single other person at any point in time ever will be doing this thing. And it's like, that's really powerful when you can connect into that and release all of the attachment to comparison and mm. all that other crap, you know, that we've got to navigate on a daily basis. So. Mm. Yes. Oh, thank you for that medicine. And, uh, yeah. you know, let's, let's share how we can support you in this mission. You've got a kickstart going and to be yeah. clear, everyone, this kickstarter ends on Wednesday, the 17th, correct? Yeah, so it actually, it's th like Thursday morning at like 6 a.m. So literally like Wednesday throughout the entire day, Wednesday, you know, Wednesday, Wednesday night, at any point, it, the Kickstarter will still be running. But um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll share some links, right, with the show yeah, notes. Yeah, we're going to put the sh put all the links, a lot of the resources too that we discussed here in the show notes, as well as the Kickstarter campaign. So, you know, that's, to me, that's the best gift that we can give him as well as the entity that's being called forth right now to be shared so we can build and save the rainforest and that sounds yeah. like a huge i mean just think about that even if it's like five dollars ten dollars whatever you can contribute you have like we all have enough resources to make this happen and i i fully believe in tribe and community and putting all our ha hands and heads in and and supporting these these missions and these uh, these yeah creative forces so and i've been pretty clear <laughs> with everybody that i've connected with since the beginning of this and like even if you cannot uh, support financially, like uh, just as powerful, if not more uh, ability to support is share. Like if you have people within a community or a network that you can share this link with to like, you know, inspire other people that, um, you know, are able to connect it. Any, anything is, is so appreciated. And you'll see in the Kickstarter, it's not just the bracelet we've, um, we, we have some extras like some uh, organic cotton hemp blend t-shirts. We have this amazing uh, hemp hat. So there's various different other accessories. If you have people of the holidays, I'm, I've really set the intention that all of these items will be shipped but in time for the holidays. There's little gift boxes for some of the tiers. So um, this, it just really, the bracelet itself makes for such an amazing gift, especially for the holidays because when New Year's comes around, this, this intention card that you plant, it's the perfect time to really like set an intention for what you're bringing into the world in the new year, plant it, have your bracelet connect back into that. So um, yeah, again, just, just in going to the page and, and seeing it and connecting into what you know, we're doing, it, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful just in that. So um, in, in any way that you can support, um, yeah, I feel blessed just to have connected. So amazing yeah well thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing so much great information that i think we can all digest very you know easily i love how you really made it simple made it tangible made it available for anybody you know this doesn't require you know a lot of work really it it it's again baby steps and thank you so much for for what you've brought into the world and i congratulate you on all that you've achieved and looking forward to see you know how we end up potentially collaborating i feel like there's a collaboration for sure that's going to yeah. 
manifest yeah. in our future together. So um, thank you yeah. so much, sister. My, my like, honestly, I'm so grateful uh, to be included with the tribe and to connect with you on this level. So it truly feels divinely called in. So um, <laughs> looking forward to, uh, to, to the future as well. Yeah. So wh where can they find you other than um, we'll put the links in the Kickstarter, but you, you have a website and Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah. 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 So I've got some, uh, you know, some um, pages uh, dedicated to the business. I can uh, drop a link for my, uh, I'm not really on, I, actually, you know, I'm on Facebook. I've been kind of putting myself out there a little more on Facebook as well. So I can drop in, you know, some personal links to my Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, have a, I want to just, preface this because I, I hope it doesn't die, but I'm showing 5% on my computer. So if in case the computer dies, <laughs> um, actually, no, we're not like super set on video. So I'm just, just in case, cause I don't want to, I know we're finishing up, but um, I, I, I like a really cool, interesting piece of the, um, of the journey, what has been really like an integral piece in what this story will be for me is, and I'm going to find out over the next couple of days, I think is, of flying out to Ecuador to really bring this full circle and connect in with an artisan community mm. um, within Amazing. the rainforest to have them actually become a part of our process and them become, you know, really a part of our story and the ones that are making the bracelets. So all of that stuff, I'm going to really be sharing, you know, throughout our social and documenting it and documenting that part of the journey. So um, I just thought of that as that will be a very integral piece in, you know, the kind of next phase, really sharing that part of our story. Um, so are yeah. you going to be posting that like on ins your, your Instagram? I think, and all I that think stuff? yeah, you know, I think the at solstice and solstice is spelled S O U L S T I C E, which, you know, I'm, I know you'll share, but I think maybe the solstice Instagram page will probably be the most, um, the easily accessible, most easily accessible okay. uh, platform to connect into that story. And, uh, anyone that supports the Kickstarter, you get kind of locked into like any of the updates that I post. So any updates that come out, um, you know, will be shared within that as well. So yeah, nice. that's the, like, that's the thing I'm the most fired up about right now. So <laughs> I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it. All right. Well, thank you again so much. Yes. Um, so my last question for you is what, what kind of song do you want to leave our, our listeners? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So many, but, um, I am, so there's a band called the war on drugs. It's one of my favorite bands. Um, a lot of what they sing about just really connects into just the human spirit and just like, just the, the everyday things that we face the challenges. There's a song. Um, which one is my one? There's so many of them. Uh, strangest thing by war on drugs. Strangest thing by war on drugs. There's a line in it specifically that says, am I living Am I living in the space between the beauty and the pain and the real thing? Mm -hmm. And what that line means to me is the real thing is love, unconditional love, the, the, the love that exists beyond our human experience. Um, mm. and, and the line to me represents as we navigate this world, this human, this human experience, navigating the space between the beauty and the pain is just our perception of, of what that looks like. And underneath all that is the real thing, right? So it's like such a powerful line to me. And it's got this like super kind of 
like psychedelic rock Pink Floyd vibe to it. And <laughs> so good. I probably listened to it like 5,000 times. All right. Well, awesome. I can't wait to listen. So you guys have so much fun tuning into this beautiful track called The War on Drugs, Strangest Thing. Yeah, beautiful. All right, brother. Thank you so much. I love you, sisters. I hear you. I see you. Until next time. Bye for now. The sky is pink.